the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 1280, The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Powered by Advantage Homebuyer. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Vice President Mike Pence at a rally in Elm City, North Carolina, said today the state will be crucial on Tuesday. It's on, North Carolina. And the road to victory goes right through the Tar Heel State. Meanwhile, a drive-in rally in Miami. Democratic Vice Presidential nominee Kamala Harris said their opponents have tried to question the value and patriotism of the Democratic ticket. Let me just be really clear, Florida. Joe Biden and I are proud, patriotic Americans. During a day-long trip to the upper Midwest, President Trump yesterday held the second of his three rallies in Green Bay. Hello, Wisconsin. We're back. We're back. We're going to win. We're going to win this state. The president took issue with a recent ABC News Washington Post survey that had him losing badly to Joe Biden in the state of Wisconsin. This is SRN News. Just three days until Election Day. Nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. And if you look, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, nobody has done what I've done. I am the least racist person in this room. If you haven't voted yet, make a plan to do so. Visit the Minnesota Secretary of State website for details. This Election Day countdown was installed by Champion Plumbing. Starting at 8 o'clock on Tuesday night, The Patriot is live and local with election night coverage. Mitch Berg and Brad Carlson of the Northern Alliance Radio Network will host the evening, along with special guest Anthony Gakowski, editor-in-chief of Alpha News. And our 2020 election night coverage is presented by Alpha News. Just past 1 o'clock on this Halloween Saturday, let's take a look at your forecast for today. Partly sunny and we'll reach a high of 56. And speaking of Brad Carlson, he's in on a Saturday for the Narn, and it starts right now. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And uh, happy Halloween to those of you who celebrate. I just realized something. I started this show in the summer of 2011. Halloween has never fallen on a Sunday uh, since I started doing the show. Um, it was on Sunday back in 2010, and then because of leap year, it was on a Monday in 2016. If you're following following that along, I'm a, I'm a calendar geek as well as a numbers geek, all that kind of stuff. So today is my first ever Halloween broadcast, so uh, happy Halloween to you all. And uh, we also mourn the loss of uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery, did you see this, passed away at the age of 90? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And uh, our friend and colleague, Mitch Berg, for whom I'm filling in today, by the way. Mitch will be in for me tomorrow. Mitch is away on assignment today. But he did have time to tweet. He says, Sean Connery's dying wish was that Minnesota elect Jason Lewis to the United States Senate. So go ahead. Look it up. <laughs> okay. I'll take his word for it, I guess. <laughs> 
Just because I don't want to uh, make Mitch mad. He's he's dinging progressives because, of course, progressives. How could you deny <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg's dying wish that the next president after Trump fill her the vacancy in accord? It's like, mm-hmm. uh, this isn't make-a-wish, okay? This is a constitutional republic, folks. Right. So Mitch is kind of dinging people right. on that. That's Okay, it's not serious. It's not meant to be real. I'm, I, I wonder <laughs> if the Twitter fact-checkers are going to come out and flag that. They probably will. Yeah. Uh, what is your all-time favorite Sean Connery role for you? <sighs> Ah, uh, wow, that's a good. Um, There's this, an obvious answer, but I I want to hear what you have to say. This, uh, well, uh, Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. His favorite, my favorite Bond movie that Sean Connery in was Goldfinger. Okay. Uh, as far as um, favorite movie outside of the Bond movies, uh, this may surprise you. The Rock. Oh, okay. You ever see The Rock? Yes, I have. Yeah, very good movie. It's like the one good Michael Bay movie. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> very good, and uh, I I enjoyed that. Uh, Ed uh, Ed Harris was terrific. Mm-hmm. As the uh, was he a general or a colonel? I can't remember. It's I, been Lieutenant a long colonel. time. I don't remember either. Mm-hmm. But he was terrific as the uh, uh, antagonist in that one. Uh, I won't won't spoil it for you. But it's The Rock, nineteen ninety six. Uh, Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris. Terrific movie. Terrific mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, and for me, I mean, sure, you remember him for all the James Bond movies, but I will always remember Sean Connery for being Indiana Jones's dad. Yes. Forever. Oh, yep. That's in my top five as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, that was a. It, it because you know he he was just shocked by all of the violence his son was enacting. You call this archaeology? <laughs> right. That's still one of my favorite lines. Is you know because uh, Indiana Jones lamenting his lack of a childhood, you know, guidance from his father, and he says uh, something along the lines of, you know, you made a life out of studying dead people, and, and I followed your example so well that I took it on myself. And the, the best line ever was. You left just as you were becoming interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. That was, yeah, that was classic Sean. And a uh, fun fact about that one, Harrison Ford confirms this. You know, they were filming, I forget exactly where it was, but it was a very hot desert atmosphere where they were filming some of the scenes where they were going to look for the uh, for the Holy Grail. And uh, a lot of the sh- scenes were from the waist up. So Sean Connery did not wear pants because <laughs> he was wearing a hat and a heavy tweed coat, and it got so hot that he, I'm just taking off my pants. Harrison Ford confirms this, so he did yeah. not wear pants. The guy was ahead of his time because now everybody <laughs> does that during their Zoom calls during work. Apparently, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So uh, uh, rest easy, Sean Connery. 2020 just sucks. Let's just be honest; it's it's terrible. I mean, we uh, we were we lamented 2016. And everything that was going on there with high-profile deaths and the craziness that was surrounding that presidential election. And I looked back at my blog in 2016, looked at some of the posts and how I was like, we'll never see another year like this. This is just so bizarre. Da, da, da. I would take the very tame days of 2016 over what we're enduring right now. That That's for sure. So 2021 is going to be better, especially for your Minnesota Golden Gopher football team. 2020 has not looked well so far for them. No. Don't mean to go into a different tangent here, but. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, when you're on the road, you go for two. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, my thing is, if my sports team stink during the pandemic, I just say, yeah, it's pandemic. It's an <laughs> anomaly. That's how I console myself. Anyways. Chalk it up. Yep. So we do want to get to some local stories. Uh, speaking of uh, bizarre, a ruling that was announced on Thursday evening. This is from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. A federal court sided Thursday with a GOP challenge to Minnesota's extended deadline for receiving absentee ballots after Election Day, imperiling a state rule. That's the key phrase, state rule. State rule, not not legislatively passed bill, state rule. That would count mail-in ballots received up to a week after Tuesday's election. In a 2-1 decision, a panel of 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals judges ordered that all mail-in ballots received after 8 p.m. on Election Day be set aside, setting the stage for a potential legal battle after the election. But the order stopped short of a final determination on the validity of the post-Election Day ballots. The ruling came in a case brought by Minnesota GOP presidential electors challenging a state rule again, not law, rule allowing election officials to count ballots received until November 10 as long as they are postmarked by November 3rd. It is one of several Republican challenges to extended deadlines that were adopted in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina in response to concerns about the pandemic and potential mail delays. Now, 
just an aside, I believe the Wisconsin law was also overturned, but but also Pennsylvania and North Carolina remain in place. So I, I'm I'm not going to give my predictions on how the election will turn out. I'll, I'll do that at bradcarlson.org on Monday night, Tuesday morning. But the one thing I will say, we will not know a winner of the presidential election uh, by the time we go off the air Tuesday night, nor within a few days after that. That's I, I think that's a pretty solid prediction. <clears throat> Continuing with the Strib story, uh, the Eighth Circuit opinion concluded that state and federal law superseded the state court-approved extension. And here is the money quote. There is no pandemic exception to the Constitution, the panel wrote. So this stems from a deal that Secretary of State Steve Simon had made with a uh, a couple of uh, groups that decided to file suit against his office, a couple different suits, um, back, I believe, in May or June time frame. It was the League of Women Voters of Minnesota Education Fund and the Minnesota Alliance for Retired Americans Educational Fund. They sued the state separately. Uh, they claim that the state's witness requirement for absentee uh, voting would put people's health at risk because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, before during the regular session of the legislature, which ended in late May, the legislature overwhelmingly bipartisan passed a law reaffirming the state law for absentee ballots. And from what I understand, Steve Simon was also, I believe, part of the committee hearings that were putting these laws in place. And for all the Democrats that were out there complaining and saying, oh, these these Republicans are trying to suppress all these votes. They never win an election here. So what they're doing is they're, is they're suppressing, uh, suppressing votes and trying to uh, win by nefarious methods. Well, every single Democrat in the legislature, both House and Senate, and I think there was one legislator that happened to be absent, but every single Democrat that voted in the House and Senate voted for the bill to reaffirm the Election Day deadline for absentee ballots. This was back in May, I believe. That's when we were at probably the worst of the pandemic. So it was very much on the forefront of people's minds what was taking place. The pandemic, in addition to it being an election year, and how this pandemic wasn't going to magically disappear, no matter how much the president may have said so at the time, okay, during the summer. It wasn't going to happen. So if this was such a concern, particularly about signature requirements and allowing ballots to come in after Election Day, but as long as they're postmarked by Election Day, why wasn't it, addre- why wasn't it addressed then? The Democrats have a substantial majority in the House— They could have very easily passed a bill saying, look, because of this situation, special dispensation for this election only, we need a few days after Election Day as long as they're postmarked by by November 3rd. Because the situation was is that, and I don't know if it was as big a concern then, I will grant this point, there was a lot of concern over how much the post office would be able to handle all this because people are voting in record numbers and particularly voting by mail. I mean, there are count I think there are counties in Texas in Texas, multiple counties in Texas where there are well over one, uh, that more people have already voted before election day than total votes cast in 2016. So people were concerned about the post office, and and, and of course it, it wasn't helped by all these conspiracy theories that showed trucks taking mailboxes away and saying, well, look at this, people aren't going to have an opportunity to put their mail in mailboxes because Donald Trump's postal service is taking away the, 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 the uh, mailboxes. Do you remember that one? Just silly. But here is some here's a key text of the law that was passed by the legislature, I believe this past May, indicating that the clause does not authorize a county or municipality to extend the deadlines for the timely receipt of absentee ballots as provided in Minnesota statutes, section 203B.08. So I say again, 
if this was such a concern, like these, a lot of these progressives are indicating it was a concern all along, why wasn't it addressed during the regular session of the legislature? Is that, is, is that not a legitimate question? You know, it, it, it's almost as if they've gotten into the habit of completely abdicating their responsibility, these, these DFL legislators, because every month the governor has to come back, call a special session of the legislature because they have to vote to allow him to renew his emergency powers, his peacetime emergency powers. And the Democrat House always votes to allow the governor to do so, whereas the Republican-controlled Senate uh, denies it. But it has to be all the legislature that has to vote vote it down, otherwise the governor continues. So the DFL has completely abdicated their responsibility, and they're doing so again here, where they basically allowed the Secretary of State to unilaterally say, okay, 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 we'll, we'll drop the signature requirement where you no longer have to notarize or have signed your absentee ballot because elderly people who get an absentee ballot, you know, they're, they're, they're basically being quarantined. We don't want to expose them, particularly if they have underlying health conditions. So we'll waive the signature part. Oh, yeah, and then we'll go ahead and extend it out a few days after that. Okay, you allow the Secretary of State to unilaterally do this, right? And, and this has just become a bad habit here in the state in general where the executive branch of our government is usurping the legislative process. That's what should be the focus of this particular case. It's like, look, you cannot have an executive branch rewriting legislation. That's not their role. And that's why that's the key phrase in what the panel wrote. There is no pandemic exception to the Constitution. The Constitution explicitly stating that there is a separation of powers. So uh, will there be an appeal and will ballots that come in after November 3rd that are postmarked November 3rd, uh, allowed to be counted. Uh, this is going to be a long, drawn-out situation, which, again, it's not going out on much of a limb to say we're not going to know the winner of our U.S. Senate race, the winner of the presidential race, or anything uh, Tuesday evening. That much is certain. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Zany sound effect. Uh, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free radio.com app. Hey, here's a common question. What are you going to do with your life? What's next? For high school students, graduates, and working adults ready to learn new skills to start a new career or enhance their career, there's Salem Career Hub. Online at SalemCareerHub.com. Prepare for the next step in your education. Get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. Better your life through education. Our team of education professionals are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or visit 24-7 SalemCareerHub.com. I should have done it sooner. That's a comment heard often from satisfied patients at INeedMoreHair.com. Dennis Prager here. If you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss, go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what they're doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. You'll be under the care of some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in the country. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including notable Hollywood personalities a full head of hair they can do the same for you their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing and their prices are the best in the business if you have hair loss don't put this off another day contact i need at their office in egan for your free consultation experience you can trust prices you can afford today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at i need 
So you're searching online for that perfect sermon series that you can really dig into, but you can't seem to find what you're looking for. I suggest you give GodTube.com a try. GodTube.com is loaded with sermons from well-known and revered Bible teachers who cover every topic you can imagine. And there are no shady comment threads or questionable content. Just great sermon after sermon. Hear God's Word daily, grow deeper in your faith, and be inspired by the sermon section on GodTube.com. Take your favorite Patriot hosts with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. Just search for AM 1280 The Patriot in the App Store. Welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, always, we appreciate tuning in. By the way, another Halloween note that I didn't get to in the first segment. We were kind of just talking about different things. If you put your pets in Halloween costumes, I will judge you. And I will judge you hard. Have you done that before, though? Never. 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 And you never will? No. Okay. I will die on this hill. Very well. I, I, I abhor pets in Halloween costumes. And can I ask why without triggering, uh, triggering you too much? You're making the animal look... The animal is miserable. <laughs> I know animal body language. When I was a kid, I roughhoused with animals. I got to know their uh, dissatisfied body language very, very well. <laughs> They're miserable. I agree with you. It's too much effort to put the dogs and cats into that kind of and, stuff. And, and, and I, in the defense, I always get, oh, my dog loves this guy. No, they, no don't. they don't. No, they don't. No, no they, they don't. don't. And besides, most people just do it for Instagram these days anyway. They're just trying to show off. Yeah. Like, I, hi, I have a family and it's Halloween. I will there die you go, world. Now, we, uh, <laughs> some people tried to call me out for being a fraud because last year I took a picture of my wife. You know, when she was handing out candy, she donned a witch costume, you know, a witch hat and then the cloak and everything. And we have an all-black cat, so she held the black cat. Ah. It was a prop. I, I was about to say, does it make a difference if the animal is a prop as opposed to yeah. uh, part of I the... Said, no, the, okay. an, the animal is a prop. She okay. loves being... Our cat loves being held by its owners. Okay? We didn't put the cat in a costume. It made it miserable. <laughs> the cat doesn't care that his owner is wearing a funny hat, as my wife was. No. So... No, that's that's different. It is. And yeah, I will die on it. I will die on this hill. I'll let you. I will die on this hill. <laughs> Cuz and again, uh we had some uh 5 years ago some friends or some dear friends of ours, we dressed up as the Scooby Doo gang and they had a Great Dane and put the SD collar in the Great Dane. So it's just like if you don't if you're a if you dress up as the Scooby Doo gang but don't have a real Great Dane, you're not a legit Scooby Doo gang. So we claimed we could be a legit Scooby-Doo gang. And so. was the Great Dane also brown in color like Scooby? No, it wasn't, um, but it was the best we could do because, yeah. again, I said, I will not participate in this if you put that dog in a costume. <laughs> the collar, Laying down the law. The collar was okay. The SD collar was okay. Anything more, because though. They have no. a Because he already has a collar on. So, again, these are my rules. I make them up. Yes, sir. So, yes, you, sir. There you have it. So, uh, just a little Halloween note there. A uh, great week last week, I thought, uh, last Monday, uh, Amy Coney Barrett being officially confirmed to the Supreme Court on Monday evening. And I, I, I don't get political on Facebook very often, but I, I did have to point out the, uh, the uh, I called it a cruel irony. Uh, I could also refer to it as a delicious irony because you'll you'll recall there was a news report that came out shortly after Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. I think it was a a child, grandchild, I don't remember which, said that their I think it was a I think it was a grandchild, said, you know, my grandma's dying wish was that the president elected after Donald Trump, because assuming Trump's going to lose in November, uh would f- be would uh, appoint my successor. Uh, because it had been reported that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was set to retire uh, in early 2017 when the belief was Hillary Clinton was going to be inaugurated. And 
you know, are elected in November 2016 and obviously inaugurated in 2017. And it was the pure symbolism because then uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg wanted the first ever female president of the United States to appoint her successor. Well, obviously, that apple cart was upset when Donald Trump won in November of 2016. So her alternative plans kicked in to say, OK, I'll hold on to 2020 because she firmly believed Donald Trump would not win re-election. So, therefore, uh, she decided to hang on to uh, 2020 despite her myriad health issues. But those alternate those alternate plans also fell by the wayside because she ended up passing away in October. And then I mentioned in what was perhaps the ultimate of cruel ironies, uh, Ginsburg's replacement, Amy, Co- Amy Coney Barrett, of course, appointed or nominated by President Trump, was officially confirmed Monday evening on Hillary Clinton's birthday. So uh, I felt the need to uh, point that out. Didn't get any invective on that. I thought I'd get a little pushback because I've got I've got some progressive friends on on Facebook. So uh, you know we'll we'll certainly see how that uh, see how that plays out. But Amy Coney Barrett was uh, was confirmed again. Not a single Democrat vote for her. The Republicans hold a fifty three to forty seven uh, majority. And uh, 47 Republicans, or excuse me, 47 Democrats and one Republican, which was uh, Susan Collins of Maine, voted uh, against her confirmation. Uh, Susan Collins basically did it uh, to try to save her job, and it's not going to work. Susan Collins is going to lose uh, in Maine. Maine has become a well-left-of-center state. And Collins is also often satisfied the electorate uh, by her with her moderate chops, but I think her vote for Brett Kavanaugh in 2018 to the Supreme Court has done her in, and, um, you know, we'll see. So uh, what I enjoyed most, though, on Sunday before, obviously, the confirmation vote didn't take place till Monday. So Sunday debate began where Mitch McConnell brilliantly pointed out that the Democrats who are talking about this as being an illegitimate process— that Republicans are breaking the rules, da, da, da. not one single rule was broken. There was a vacancy on the Supreme Court. Constitutionally, the president appoints a nominee, which President Trump did, and then the Senate offers advice and consent on said nominee. The Senate did that. There were no rules broken. You can argue whether their motives were impure or nefarious, you can argue that what Mitch McConnell said in early 2016, where he said this is a presidential election year, therefore the next president should uh, fill this vacancy, which was for Judge Justice Scalia when he had passed away in early 2016. They're, they're calling McConnell a hypocrite, what have you. But what they always conveniently leave out is McConnell specifically said, look, there not since the 1880s, has there been a Supreme Court appointment in a presidential election year with the president and the Senate being of opposite parties? And that's what you had in 2016. You had Democrat President Barack Obama and a Republican-controlled Senate. And he laid that out in early 2016, nine months before Election Day. So I say again, if that is an issue... If that was a major issue, then why why not vote for Hillary Clinton for president and vote in a Democrat majority for the Senate? It wasn't a, it wasn't that big of an outrage as Twitter progressives and Senate Democrats made it out to be. And so therefore Donald Trump was elected president and the Republicans controlled the Senate and therefore obviously the Senate confirmed Neil Gorsuch. But the Democrats, in how they approached Neil Gorsuch, this is where their fatal error took place. Okay, they're blaming Republicans. You know, Chuck Schumer, the drama queen, comes out and says, well, this is the darkest day in the 230-plus year tradition of the Senate. You know, and it's like, I'm sorry, I'm staring at the top of my brain. My eyes are rolling back so far. Come on, seriously? Give me a break. So the Democrats are hoist of their own petard on this one. They did this to themselves. And McConnell brilliantly laid it out Sunday on the Senate floor how we got to this point. And again, 
It goes back even beyond filibustering Neil Gorsuch. It goes back, I dare say, to the Bush administration, the Bush administration's first term. Some of the, uh, lack of a better word, skullduggery they pulled in the judicial hearings. We'll get into some details of that. And uh, if Heidi from Rogers, I apologize, I'm not able to get your call. We need to take a quick break here. Heidi, if there's any way you could hold during the commercial break, I promise I will take your call when we come back. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Are you missing pieces to the retirement puzzle? How would you even know? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing the most common missing pieces in your retirement efforts. You may be surprised to find out why they're so often overlooked. Alan Mike will help you sort out the pieces as you work to solve your retirement puzzle. Listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, noon Saturday on AM 1280 The Patriot, or you can call them right now with your questions. The number is 855-231-6010. Egan Montessori Academy is ready and willing to help our families during these uncertain times. As you may already know, we have a private kindergarten program available to all of our students. Our level of education for this classroom goes above and beyond what any student receives in a public school. We'll have a dedicated teacher for students going into first through third grades who will be responsible to help students with e-learning. We don't have to remind you how important consistency is to students this young. At our school, your students will be in a safe, secure, and clean building without having to worry about hundreds of other students and staff. The e-learning class will be limited to 10 students only and will be on a first-come, first-served basis. Spots are filling up fast. For decades, EMA has been proudly serving families from Egan, Rosemont, Invergrove Heights, Apple Valley, Burnsville, and beyond. Contact us today for more details and to schedule a tour at emasouth.com. That's emasouth.com bringing peace of mind to parents and the love of learning to children. Hey, it's coming. You can feel it at night, can't you? Oh, take off. Hey, I know, but don't say it out loud, and maybe we can hold it off for a little while yet. Nope, ain't happening. Winter's coming. We got to start getting ready now. We've had plenty of time to work at our backyards, but have you thought about a hot tub? Well, the guys from Premier Pool and Spa still have inventory, and they're still getting more in this year, even with all that's been going on. What's great about an Arctic Spa is that they can deliver them all year long, too, eh? Yeah, that forever floor means they don't need cement. So as long as you have the power run now, you can put it anywhere flat and move it around in the spring if you don't like where you put it. Yeah, but they still got them now, don't they? Sure, spas are still coming in all the time. This year, demand has been so high that the industry's having a hard time keeping up. But Premier Pool and Spa still hanging in there. Yeah, visit Premier Pool and Chan Essen today. Arctic spas are engineered for the world's harshest climates. You deserve it. PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. How do you define strength? Is it physical? Or is it mental? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's whatever empowers a person to dig deeper, fight harder, and overcome obstacles that once seemed insurmountable. Discover how much stronger and more confident your children can be. Encourage them to participate in a sport when they go to high school. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Welcome back, AM 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Uh, Queen and Bowie. Always happy to throw them a couple bucks because of all the royalties uh, uh, Vanilla lost because of this song. There's a Vanilla Ice song that came out that did a uh, that sampled uh, Steve Miller's song "Fly Like an Eagle." I had never heard that song before. Honestly, I can't even name another Vanilla Ice song besides this one. To be honest with you. The song was called "Rolling in My 5.0," which is a line he uses in this song. Oh, okay. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh well. <laughs> See you later, Ice. Whatever. Hey, you know what? He he made his mint with this song, and he's still living pretty good. So, and I think he's like, to him for that. isn't he notorious for doing like NBA halftime shows too? Isn't that pretty much what his career is like come down to now? Uh, p- probably, but hey, not not a bad gig no. if you get it. So. No, not at all. 
All right. Well, we do want to uh, continue on the uh, confirmation of Amy uh, Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court this past week. But we do want to get to some calls as well. Uh, as promised, uh, Heidi is calling in from Roger. She's on line one. Heidi, I appreciate your patience. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Oh, hi. Um, see, I just wanted, I didn't know if you knew this, um, that the apparently the ballot counter machine system is down in the state. I saw something about. Uh, something about the absentee ballot tracking site uh, had had gone down. Is that what you're referring to? It, I, something yeah. about, okay. I, I don't know. They just said that I, I went up to vote about almost an hour ago, and they said that the uh, the, the ballot machine was, was down, and then I could put my ballot in a brown envelope, and they put it in for me. Um, so anyway, I didn't know if, if, if you'd gotten any calls with regard to that from anybody else. I was just a little bit surprised. Yeah, that I, that's, a, that's definitely a good thing, particularly a couple of days before Election Day. I hadn't had any calls on it, Heidi. All that, like I say, I did get a ping on my phone from the Star Tribune about this uh, ballot tracking site um, that went down, which I think okay. shows where your polling place is located, where you can bring your ballots. I think that, I don't know if that's along the same lines of what you're uh, specifically referring to, but the specific machines, I had not heard that. Is this at a specific location, or is yes, it all, I, ar- all around? I went to my precinct, and they said that it was that the system was down statewide. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, obviously, the, given <laughs> we talked a little bit about that the first segment. appreciate the call, Heidi, that uh, um, with the uh, court ruling that was handed down, that there was going to be a rush to get these ballots in by 8 p.m. election night, and obviously that was the motivation behind this. And now the fact that these machines are down, that's not good timing, to say the least. So uh, we appreciate that update on that, Heidi. I, uh, Like I say, I, I just heard about um, people were looking up where to drop off their absentee ballots, and then this, and then that portion of the site was down, and then combined with this, yeah, that's not good. So we appreciate the heads up on that. Line 2 uh, Patricia from Minneapolis is calling in. Patricia, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Yes, I, I want to know about those two city questions, uh, the redistricting of wards and park districts. It says answer yes or no. And the other one is special municipal elections, yes or no. How do I interpret all of that political gobbledygook? <laughs> well, Patricia, for, uh, are you right in the city of Minneapolis, I'm assuming? Mm-hmm. I'm afraid so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I I apologize. I actually uh, I actually am not uh, in the in the city of Minneapolis. So um, that you I want me to read them to you. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I didn't know if you had the time. Shall the Minneapolis city charter be amended to allow ward and park district boundaries to be reestablished in a year ending in one, and to allow the use of those boundaries for elections in the same year? to allow ward and park district boundaries to be modified after the legislature has been redistricted to establish city precinct boundaries okay. to provide that an election for a city council member office required by Minnesota law in the year ending in two or three after a redistricting shall be for a single two-year term and to clarify that a regular election means a regular general election. Okay. Political gobbledygook. Yeah, right. Well, um, I the, as far as the first question, and again, this uh, Star Tribune talked about this recently. Uh, this uh, the city charter requires council members to run for four year terms, and no. <laughs> so so obviously they come up again next year, twenty twenty one, and they would typically run for a four year term again in twenty twenty five. Now, if this question passes, they will run for a two year terms in twenty one and twenty three. And then another four-year term in twenty-five. So basically, kind of like how, yeah. Well, no, um, they would run. So if they would run, if this question passes, you know, obviously they run next year as they normally would, but it would only be a two-year term. So they would have to run again in twenty twenty-three, and then if they uh, would win, and then they'd have to run again for a four-year term in twenty twenty-five. So there'd be a pair of two-year terms that they would have to run for instead of one full-year term. And how that works, it's similar to what we do at the state level because every year that we do redistricting, we redraw the congressional districts at, at the, for years that end in two. And so but it st- seems a little biased, don't you think? 
Well, it depends on who's elected, oh, okay. <laughs> which Minneapolis, I, you, you know this better than anybody, Patricia. We, we kind of know yeah, how the elections go in Minneapolis. So, uh, yeah, so that so that basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm not Sorry. going. No, you can't say those that. are those okay. are your words, Patricia. And you're okay. and you're this is your phone call. So you're entitled to say what you what you like. Thank you. But, uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The second the second question is, shall the city, the Minneapolis city charter be amended to comply with Minnesota election law related to uniform dates for special municipal elections and to provide that a special election be held on a legal election day under Minnesota law that is more than 90 days from a vacancy in the office of mayor or council member? Explain that one, please. So the state law currently has, and if you've been following what's going on in the 2nd uh, Congressional District, um we had a major party candidate pass away, and so the state law indicated yeah. that because it was less than 90 days out from Election Day, that that would have to be delayed until February. Um, now, as kind of a side, side story to that, uh, a, a court overturned that, saying, well, no, this is for a federal office, so state office doesn't apply. But the state law is... That if there is a vacancy, say if a candidate passes away more than ninety or less than ninety days before election day, then it is rescheduled uh, at a later date, like February. I believe would be the t- time frame. So, do you want Minneapolis's city law to mirror that? And that's you can answer that better than I, Patricia. Yeah, however you want to vote on that. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> If it should be yes or no, I guess it depends on who's in office, right? Yeah, right. And given it's Minneapolis, I think we know what their political bent is. So, <laughs> yes, so I should say no. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, again, my personal opinion: yes, if please. it's if it's a if there's a special election, mm-hmm. all bets are off for special elections, which would favor our side in some of these heavily Democrat districts. Again, this is just my opinion because this happened. In Golden Valley, like five years ago, when there was a special election for Ryan Winkler's House seat, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. the Republicans didn't even put up a candidate. I'm like, that's the time to put up a candidate in a right. special election when there isn't near the turnout, and you might be able to sneak in your preferred candidate that is kind of outside the, uh, shall we say, progressive realm. And again, that was my viewpoint on it. Uh, and it sounds like we're kind of aligned uh, politically, Patricia, so maybe that's yours as well. Again, I can't tell you how to vote. Yeah, that should be no, but the first one maybe yes, because two years is enough for these bozos. (laughs) Well, again... I'm sorry, I want want, um, uh, restrictions on this. I want the restrictions on everything for two years. Okay. I don't want people to be there for 50 years and do absolutely nothing. (laughs) Well, let's be honest, Patricia, if these people who are running in 2021 have to run in 23... Instead of twenty five, mm-hmm. are they really in danger of losing reelection if they're running again? I I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I I'm skeptical to to put it mildly. Okay. So okay, I I just need another viewpoint because to me it was political speak and it doesn't mean anything. To no, me, I like, get that. Yeah, real. I get that. Um, and, and again, there's that. Va- there's valuable websites. You know, I just I just use a quick Google search to um, look up these Sorry. questions. And this, speaking was, to a technophobic. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I yeah I understand that too. And and you're right. They need to be make more concessions for uh, for people mm-hmm. who need to get better information. That kind of put it in layperson's terms, as it were. Uh, Tricia, thanks yeah. so much for calling in. I, I don't know if I was appreciate any help to you, but I do, yes, I was not were. aware of these I, questions. I appreciate your your explosion of this stuff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it, Patricia. Thank you. Tell you what, why don't we take uh, an early break so we come back, have a little bit more time. Uh, this last segment. And, you know, we have time for your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. 
Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800-482-8399. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Recently, someone asked if my brother Eric was still around. Eric, are you still around? I am still around, and a lot of things have changed over the years at Kingdom Builders, but one thing that hasn't changed is that we're not salesmen, we're just great roofers. He's the guy that takes care of our gutter side of the business. If you need gutters or a roof, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. With the severe weather we've had recently, you may have had some strangers knocking on your door, saying you need to sign something to get weather-related damage on your home covered. We love coming to people's homes for no pressure, no obligation consultations. We don't want you to feel pressure to sign anything. If you'd like an expert from the Kingdom Builders to come take a look at your home or just to talk to you about how the insurance process works, we'd be happy to do that. Look us up online at thekingdombuilders.com. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. You can listen to AM 1280 The Patriot on all Amazon Echo devices. Simply ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis, and you'll hear your favorite hosts. This is Dennis Prager, and thanks for listening to me on your Alexa device. We got it all done. Let's make a Tennessee River. Now listen to this. Doesn't that sound like Chattahoochee? Who? Chattahoochee. I don't know what... The Alan Jackson song, Chattahoochee? No, oh. I don't even know who Alan Jackson is. Wow, you had you went there. Sorry. You went there. At least I didn't put my dog in a Halloween costume. Never mind. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. We'll just move on. Sorry, jeez. I don't know if uh, Daryl Worley, who sings this song, I don't know if he's been accused of sampling Alan Jackson's songs, Chattahoochee. That's all I was saying. But since you don't know the song... Our have, listeners probably know, though. Yeah. You know, I just don't. Hey, one final segment this hour. Uh, I want to continue. And by the way, I appreciate uh, Heidi and Patricia both uh, calling in. Uh, So as a result, I didn't get to continue my Amy Coney Barrett uh, confirmation uh, um, comments. But that's fine. The listeners uh, get precedence. They call in, and uh, I was glad to take their calls and uh, good information from both of them. We appreciate it. Uh, But I did want to kind of bounce off of uh, Chuck Schumer's comments where this is the darkest day in the history, the 230-year history of the United States Senate because the Republicans put forth a Supreme Court nominee so close to Election Day, and they said, we haven't had time to uh, for, for a long, drawn-out hearing. Then why, you, uh, why did these senators, Democrat senators, take their time basically parroting Biden-Harris campaign talking points? Instead of doing that, why don't you, oh, I don't know, ask questions of the nominee? Because that, that you are wasting your own time. And that just proves that these hearings are nothing but a dog and pony show. So, anyways, I digress. So the Democrats say, you know, uh, Tide Potavita and Illinois are a couple of prominent members of the squad after the Amy Coney Barrett nomination or confirmation went through Monday evenings, so I'll tell you, we got to expand the court. We got to ex- expand the court. 
And uh, that's not a solution to this. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg wasn't even in favor of that. I mean, Tide Pod Avita was saying how the Republican senators are so cruel that they're denying a dying woman's wishes of the next president filling her vacancy on the Supreme Court. Yet she doesn't be, seem to be concerned about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's point that, nah, nine justices on the Supreme Court's enough. So we're going to, uh, I guess, kind of uh, cherry pick the sorrowful statements, if you were. But this all started, you know, at the at the risk of sounding like a kid. He started it. But this did all start with the Democrats and their shenanigans during the George W. Bush administration. Because when Justice Chief Justice William Rehnquist passed away in 2005, I believe it was 2005, uh, George W. Bush was obviously going to appoint his replacement, his successor. And Democrats were pitching a fit over this, saying that we, they were going to filibuster these nominees. Now, typically, as has been tradition in the Senate, technically it's not a rule, all right? So to be consistent, what the Democrats did wasn't necessarily breaking the rules, but yet they're the ones kvetching about tradition here. Well, uh, tradition is that the president typically gets his first Supreme Court pick, and George W. Bush was going to fill Rehnquist's seat, and after you know the hearings and debate, they needed 60 votes to shut down debate, which typically for a president's first nominee, it was the obligatory 60-plus votes to invoke cloture and then get an up or down vote on the nominee being confirmed. Well, the president was putting forth several judges, and Democrats had a problem with judges. Like if you just Google Miguel Estrada, Janice Rogers Brown, I mean, the Democrats are all for progress and minorities getting significant positions in government unless it's not the right ones, you know, the ones that don't conform to their ideology. Funny how that works. So this is where the Republicans screwed up. The Republicans had the White House and the majority in the Senate, but not a supermajority. So unless all Democrats voted to, uh, unless just a handful of Democrats voted to invoke cloture, they would filibuster judicial nominees, which wasn't done as far back as, you know, as 2004, 2005. And that just was, people were incredulous by that. What, you're going to filibuster judicial nominee? It, yeah, you're with, it's within the rules, but that's just not tradition. Again, the Democrats claim to be the party of tradition. Well, then you remember the Gang of 14, you can Google it, Gang of 14 in the Senate, seven moderate Republicans and seven Democrats got together and said, okay, uh, we'll agree on a list of judges that won't be filibustered in exchange for these judges not being considered, yada, yada, yada. And the Republicans completely whizzed away their majority. So then two years later, guess what happens? The Republicans were out of the majority in the U.S. Senate for eight years. And and then in 2013, with lower with President Obama's lower court nominees being filibustered by Republicans, what did Harry Reid do at the end of 2013? He nuked the filibuster. So this was a complete outrage that this was even suggested by the Republican majority in 2005. It was such an outrage. And then Senator Obama even expressed his outrage. But then Harry Reid and Obama and other senators praised the uh, uh, the boldness of that move, getting rid of the judicial filibuster in 2013 for lower court nominees, all, all nominees with the exception of the Supreme Court. Very handy. Well, if you'll remember... President Obama got two picks, and neither were filibustered. Two Supreme Court picks. Neither neither were filibustered. So because Harry Reid nuked the filibuster for lower court judges, that set the precedent to do so for the Supreme Court. And so when the uh, then the, in 2014, the Democrats lost their majority in the Senate, and then in 2016, the Republicans took the White House. So then... You had the Democrats going to this is where they screwed up. They should have let President Trump have his first Supreme Court pick because Neil Gorsuch was basically a lateral move from Antonin Scalia in judicial philosophy. So the balance of the court would remain the same. And then the Republicans would have had a heck of a lot harder time justifying going nuclear for subsequent nominees. There was no way they could have gone nuclear with Brett Kavanaugh. Because they would have lost their majority a month later in the midterm elections. But because the nuclear option was already invoked 
during the Gorsuch hearings when the Democrats filibustered a perfectly mainstream nominee, one in which at least 10 Democrats voted for in 2005. Neil Gorsuch got appointed to a lower court in 2005 unanimously, which means at least 10 Democrat senators you know, that were there in 2005 that were also there in 2017 voted for Gorsuch. So the Democrats are hoisted their own petard on this. And what they tried to do to Brett Kavanaugh in 2018 caused the Republican majority to increase in the Senate, even though the Republicans got wiped out in the House and governor's offices and state legislatures all around the country. The Republicans increased their Senate majority in 2018. So guess what? They still had that in place and enough votes to put through Amy Coney Barrett once Justice Ginsburg passed away. And by the way, uh, did anybody check on these blue checkmark Twitter progressives who were threatening violence and burning down the streets and burning down cities if McConnell dared tried to vote, tried to put up a nominee to replace Ginsburg? Have anybody checked on those people? So my point is McConnell brought out all of this on the floor and said, this is this is what you have wrought right here. So don't try to play the victim and say, that's it, we're going to pack the Supreme Court because of what the all these unethical things Republicans have done. For the past 20 years, the Democrats have made moves in the Senate leading up to this point. They have nobody to blame but themselves. But conveniently, that all is gonna, they're going to try to bury that history, and they're going to act like the victims and try to take back the Senate majority next week. And they, got, they, have, a, they have a shot to do it. But you know what? Even if the Democrats take the majority in the Senate after Election Day, I don't think they're going to get more than 51 members. So if there's just one or two members of the Senate Democrat caucus, if they get to 51, that that uh, defect from their desire to pack the court, it's not going to happen. And I think this is this is something they all wanted to do. They've wanted to do and they've broached the possibility of doing. Listen to the, go back and listen to the Democrat presidential debates. A lot of those Democrats, especially Pete Buttigieg, were talking about ways to pack the Supreme Court. So don't act like this is just some novel idea that occurred because you don't like the way the Republicans handled this Amy Coney Barrett confirmation business. Okay, this is something you've been planning all along. You're just trying to play the victim now that Amy Coney Barrett got through. So the Democrats can revise history all they want, but uh, we're going to continue to bring the receipts. Folks, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Time, open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time, turn on. This is Jennifer Horn. For months, this radio station has spoken truth about November's election. Its outcome could change our country forever. We are a free people, but liberty is not cheap. It can quickly be removed, even from the inside. Our freedom is on the line this coming election. So please register and prepare to vote at your polling place or by absentee. This election is critical. We're at a crossroads. Please vote and tell others to register and vote, too. Are you sick and tired of fake news and half-truths? Hi, Alex Hartman here of REMAX Results. If you are considering selling a property this fall, please listen closely. The market is hot. Inventory is low. That's all real and factual news. But beware, in today's world, fake news would have you believe you have to hire a big real estate team to sell your house. What they don't tell you is that they may pawn you off on a new rookie agent selling their very first home, or worse yet, a part-timer. The fact is, most people would prefer to work with a proven real estate agent who understands both the marketplace and their needs and will see their transaction through from start to finish. That is what I am, and that's what I do. When you call me, Alex Hartman, you get me and my proven track record of results. So if you like the idea of working with a like-minded Patriot listener, please give me a call for a free market analysis. Call me directly at 651-334-5000. That's 651-334-5000 or go to resultsbyalex.com. We're Diamond and Silk, and we have a new book coming out called Uprising. The Awakening of Diamond and Silk. It's about how we overcame poverty and hardship by not letting anyone else define who we are, what we can do, or who we are supposed to vote for. And guess what? You can do it too. That's right. And we want you to hear our personal story for the first time. Uprising, the new book by Diamond and Silk. Available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. Warning. 
Warning. Warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Ooh, 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 yeah. AM 1280.